Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now let's dive in. What is up, you beautiful happy hustlers out there? Kerry Jack here, and I hope you are crushing the day, baby. I mean it, just enjoying this very moment right here and right now. And in this episode of the Happiest of Podcast, we have um, Mr. AJ Yeager, who is a high-performance coach, a serial entrepreneur, the co-founder of Praxis Metrics, host of the Data Rich Podcast, and just all around happy hustler. I mean, AJ is just a ball of love and light, but he's extremely successful. And in this episode, we share all about how you can optimize your business by knowing your numbers and specifically how you can dive into your data to make better decisions. Then we talk about how you can get past the unconscious blocks in your mind using hypnotherapy and specifically diving into the four different stages, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And we talk about this self-aligning meditations and really like tactical things to just burst through these self-limiting beliefs. We also then dive into healthy masculinity and relationships. And we also share about his biggest lesson learned from the passing of his father recently, which is very powerful. I got to say, this was one of my favorite episodes I've done in recent memory. And AJ is just such a really awesome dude. You can check him more out at ajjaeger.com forward slash happy. If you want to apply for some of his coaching, he does group, he does one-on-one. It's a application only. And then he is very selective on who he works with. He also has an event coming up all about, it's a Viking theme over in Norway. Super cool. Lots of awesome stuff. I really enjoyed this time with AJ and I know you will too. So stick around to the end and check out that ajjaeger.com forward slash happy to learn more. Now, after a quick episode sponsor break, baby, we were going to be diving into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Hey, y'all. I got to say, it's hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health while we're happy hustling a life that we love. I mean, Right now, a lot of industry experts and authorities and doctors from Dr. Mark Hyman to Mr. Andrew Huberman and all these other really leading experts are talking about the importance of magnesium. But the truth is, studies show three out of every four individuals are actually deficient in magnesium. And I'll tell you, this is part of my staple routine to take magnesium every single day because it helps optimize my well-being. It helps reduce the stress levels, improves improve sleep and my energy levels. Not to mention, it is really good for just overall health. But I'll tell you, normally I'm a big advocate for getting as many of our nutrients as I can through a well-balanced diet. It's just unfortunate that our food can't provide 
these nutrients alone because our soil is so overworked and mineral depleted. It's actually lacking organic matter, which helps plants get the minerals from the soil. And I actually read somewhere that if 10 years ago we needed to eat one orange, now we would need to eat 10 oranges to get that same amount of nutrients. So it's just not possible to get the amount of nutrients and vitamins and minerals from our food as it once was. So that's why I take Magnesium Breakthrough. And you guys, being happy hustlers, get the hookup. You can go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash hustle right now to save 10% off. And I'll tell you, the best part is it comes with a money back guarantee. So you have 365 days to get your money back if you don't like it for whatever reason. So go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash hustle now and get the hookup. Now let's get back to this episode. All right, Mr. AJ Yeager, welcome to the Happy Hustle Podcast, my brother. I am super stoked to connect. Man, I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, you are like a brother from another mother to me. I really look at you as someone who is heart-centered, is just authentic, and out there happy hustling your dream reality. I mean, you're a serial entrepreneur. You're an emotional and high-performance coach. Um, emotion and uh, not emotional. <laughs> emotion and, <laughs> and high performance. You're not emotional, but you help people with emotions. Uh, performance yeah. coach. You have all sorts of really cool things that you got your hand in. Um, one, which is Praxis, which is this huge data company that I know we used in, in some of my uh, former companies. But all in all, man, I just look at you as someone who is really living their best life in, in service of others. And I am excited to dive into each of these different nuances and talk about masculinity and what it means to be healthy masculine and, and relationships and life and death and the unconscious mind and your Vikings events and all these cool things, mm -hmm. AJ. But before we get into all that stuff, what is something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? Mm. Wow. Thank you for the intro, first of all. Again, super happy to be here. And I, I appreciate all the kind words. Like the amount of time we've had together has been been really special and super excited about for you know future stuff, future hangouts. Yep. Uh, okay. So one thing that about myself that most people don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. Wow, just right out the gate. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hmm. I well, love and joy are my superpowers. Like that's what I, I bring to the table in every moment. Like I'm, I'm literally wake up and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I'm here to like shine love and give joy out. Um, I think that one thing is really unique. Oh yeah. Here's one. It's kind of new. Um, and here's the story. Like I am obsessed and in love with photography right now. Like it's oh, my cool. creative outlet. Most people don't know that I'm doing it except for some of my friends around this area here in, in Eden Valley in Utah. Um, I've been around photography a long time. So way back in the day when I was 22, I started Long Beach Magazine um, around 21, 22. Nice. And so I had been on after, by the time I sold it, I was 27. I had done 180 or 90 photo shoots but oh, as wow. like a creative director, as a publisher of the magazine. And I loved working with the creative photographers. I got to work with some of the LA's best people from all over there. And I was always like so excited about working with a photographer. I learned a ton. So fast forward to today or to, to last, let's see, this last February, 
uh, Gary and I, a bunch of us went out to Africa and I was like, if we're going to be in Africa going safari, I want one of those huge, <laughs> big ass lenses so that I can see the pupils of the cheetahs and stuff. <laughs> so I bought a camera. I, I got a huge uh, lens. I'm like, all right, we're going to go do this. And when I was hanging out with gorillas, like silverback gorillas, like this close to me, seeing Damn. all of the different wildlife and taking photos, took 6,000 photos on a 10, 10 day trip. Wow. And I came back and I was just blown away by how much fun it was. I'm like, this is it. This is my new, my new creative outlet. Since then I bought another camera, a better camera, better lenses. And I've just been, I've just been shooting everything. I can landscape photography in Norway, like just exercising this creative outlet, which has been so healthy for me. So that's mm. something that most people don't know. Wow. That's awesome, man. I mean, I think everyone should have that creative outlet, you know, something that really lights them out, like light, lights them up. Like I see you light up when you talk about it. Yeah. And that's one of even, you know, the 10 alignments of being a happy hustler is, is having passionate hobbies, which is something that fills your cup, that brings you joy that sometimes you even have to pay for, you know, it doesn't actually make you money, you know, right. Uh, what right. are some of your other passionate hobbies now that we're on this, this rabbit hole? I'm curious. Well, let me, I, before I go on, I, I'd love to just kind of like Please. piggyback on what you just said. Like, I think for entrepreneurs, when we're scaling, when we're in the the hustle, when we're in the stuff, mm -hmm. in the trenches, like I remember not having my creative outlets. I love to draw. I was an artist. I was, I was, a, uh, I love to draw and, and paint and stuff back when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I love playing spike ball. I love doing the sports stuff. I love to work out. And that's great. That's also like self-care. Like mm -hmm. truly something that lights you up when you're scaling, when you're building your business, just taking, even if it's half an hour or an hour, four to five days a week to do that thing that just like gets you out of that left brain thinking into divergent thinking, left and right brain, and gets that passion, like that emotion of love, excitement, passion for something different than your business is super important because it actually helps. Cause when you're doing that thing, your unconscious mind is processing that stuff that you're trying to figure out. So you don't have to be at work, working at the computer, doing the things work can continue as long as your unconscious mind is working with you and outlets like creative outlets help you solve those problems. You ever been in the mm. shower and then had like a download of like, oh, that's how I got to do this thing. And then you get out of the shower real quick and you write it down or your dreams or whatever creative outlets can create that same state and that same way to help your business. So I think it's an awesome way of doing yeah. it. I a hundred percent agree. I think when you're just focused on work all the time, you actually are probably doing yourself a disservice long-term mm -hmm. and, or on the brink of burnout when you Yo. implement these other different alignments and you prioritize the tasks in each that's when the magic happens because you give yourself space it's same thing with your relationship you know if you're constantly you know around your significant other you start to take them for granted you start to um maybe not value the connection as much but hey i'll tell you as soon as i got back from the montana mastermind you know five days in the wilderness my fiance steph was all over me you know and it's mm -hmm. like it's healthy space you have to give yourself that right so i just so, think it's so important yeah so i mean you, so so important we we both i mean I, I don't know if i told you this or not but when i was just in norway for the month and a half um and i had a bunch of the stuff with my dad's health and everything right before that it wasn't supposed to be a full month, but Megan and I have now taken two stints of like 30 ish days away from each other. Consciously. Wow. Like, yeah, it wasn't supposed to be as long as that. It just kind of turned into that because of the schedules and all that. 
but it's like, it has been the best thing. Cause we went from, we've been together eight years, hmm. many of much of that. We were been business partners in Praxis metrics, our, our data yep. agency, and you're around each other literally all the time, right? Not just yeah. working together, eating together, hanging out together, all that. And it worked, it worked great until it didn't. And yes. then it's like, there's a whole nother conversation of stuff when you're in a relationship with a business partner, that's yeah. like a whole podcast in and of itself, which mm-hmm. we can go do another mm-hmm. time. And it'd be fun to have her on and talk about that. Cause I was like, For ton sure. of learnings there, but I digress. So the, us taking specific conscious, healthy time away from each other, still yep. talking to each other, of course, communicating, we still run a business together, but it's not like every day. But giving that person that space just to be that independent themselves, mm. have different experiences, and then have the space creates more love, more passion, more sex drive, more of all the things mm-hmm. you really want. You just have to take that, you know, step back for a little bit. Uh, yeah, to be thirty days, of course. But now we're doing like <laughs> probably two to three of those stints a, a year planned. Yeah. Well, and it's just about being intentional with both your time together and apart, and. I think, you know, having a business together with your relationship is one of the most difficult things one can do. <laughs> I mean, I tried it with my significant with my significant other Steph, like we had a business together and it was like uh it's either the business or our relationship. We had to fold the company because you know, we just didn't have enough autonomy in our roles and it was just too much. Now, I do know other people like you, like Craig and Danette, you know, from mm-hmm. Earth Echo Foods and like they like there's people you and Megan are a great example, but it's like it's work. It's being intentional, you know, and and I do want to kind of segue into Praxis Metrics, which is your data agency. And, and mm-hmm. specifically, I know the happy hustlers out there are a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, and aspiring entrepreneurs, people who want to put the happy in their everyday hustle and to really, you know, be free, both with creative freedom, both with financial freedom and with time freedom, right? Like the three different freedoms. I think data has the ability to achieve that freedom if leveraged properly. And I can be the first one to admit, I am only leveraging a fraction of my data. My team sends me analytics every week. I barely look at them. And I'm like, damn it, AJ's would be so disappointed to me right now. <laughs> but let's talk about data. And okay. let's talk about what are the the biggest mistakes you see with business owners and data, first and foremost. Yeah. Great, great question. I love talking about data in all aspects of life. And especially when it comes to business. Yes, mm. I just want to reemphasize to get to your happy hustle, your happy freedom, time, freedom, mm-hmm. money, freedom, energy, freedom, knowing your data, knowing your true data and not, not all the data, but I mean like your needle movers, the, the numbers that make it's like 80, 20 rule Pareto's principle. Certain numbers will tell you how to grow and build your business and make better decisions that create leverage and that create results and don't make you have to work so hard, you and your team. So mm. it's like, and it's like happy, happy data in, happy data out, bad mm. data in, bad data out. Very mm. simple thing. So number one rule or number one mistake people are making is they're not tracking their data mm. appropriately and accurately. Let me, mm. let me talk about that. Okay. So when it comes to tracking, I'm talking about things like Google Analytics, Google Analytics 4, um, your, any of the software systems you use. I mean, I think on average, the last time we surveyed this, small business owners small business companies run somewhere between 15 and 18 pieces of different software. 
from scheduling to transactions, right? Stripe to, you know, all the different aspects, inventory, whatever it may be. That's a lot of systems. And none of these systems talk to each other. Still, it's 2022. They don't really talk to each other and work together. You have to use something like an API on the back end or do exports or be in spreadsheet hell. And I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> You've got to do so much work just to gather the data. It's literally a full-time position if it's, if it's not automated. So, so we can't bad data in, bad data out. We've got to get really good at tracking the, the needle movers. And what I mean is, okay, if you're an online entrepreneur, let's just take e-com. It's, it's easy, right? Selling a physical unit online. Um, you're Shopify. And, and a lot of these softwares have baseline metrics that they'll collect, which is wonderful. You want to start with that stuff. And um, I think when it comes to tracking, you've also got to ask yourself, what are the business questions you're trying to answer, right? What being, being mindful, it's like Stephen Covey talks about, begin with the end in mind. Okay. Before we go, just install not Google Analytics, which everybody should do, but they should not do it themselves. <laughs> like figure, find somebody who's a professional to set it up correctly the first mm. time. Um, you want to like list out what are the, in marketing, what are the business questions you're asking? In finance, what are the business questions you're asking? In inventory, like go into different team members or the different departments, or if you're just, if it's just you, you're a founder and it's just you and a VA for now getting clear on the different aspects of your business that are most important where you are now to get to the next stage. And this is mm. a planning. This is, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. There's resources on our website to help people kind of go through this questioning, but it's really important to like, how are you going to know what to track unless you know what you're trying to, to, to get to. Mm. So getting clear about your business questions, getting clear about your tracking. So get Google analytics and get it set up correctly. Make it get the advanced um, installation so that all of the data is being collected. Here's the thing. When you're tracking all of these things, it can be overwhelming. doesn't mean you need to look at them right now. It just means you need to track them now so that you can go back into two years historically and have that data. Mm. What, what happens is people will not set up all their softwares. Let's say Infusionsoft, which is now Keep or Shopify or whatever. They'll like set up the basics, but then not take the extra steps to ensure that certain fields are, you know, tagged a certain way, or they don't set up all their tags a certain way, or they're not using um, uh, tracking links to define all their marketing ads or their, their campaigns or their blog posts or their social media posts. Tracking links are so important. Mm. Um, so if they don't set this stuff up and they don't get really clear and kind of uh, track it in a spreadsheet or a document where they're like, hey, we know exactly what tracking link we used for this and they don't set up all their different pieces of software to maximize data collection, then you're going to be down the road saying, oh, we want to answer this business question for lifetime value, for example, which is crazy important. Yeah. And then you find out at that time, oh, crap, we, we didn't track this. Shoot, that's, that mm. sucks. Now we have to start in this point and move forward, but we don't have LTV from the last two years. Mm. So these are these are some of the, the, the mistakes that are made up front is um, – I think a lot of people get excited about revenue driving, return on ad spend, like really, okay, getting my ads, converting and all that. That's great. And sometimes the agencies that you hire don't track as things as, as, as gnarly as you need to, as integral as you need to. So you've got to really ask them, hey, what's your tracking strategy? How do we do this? So we make sure everything is set. Everybody is responsible for their own tracking and responsible for their own data. That's, that's, that's a few of them. The third one I'd say is, data ownership. We are huge at practice about you owning your data. Mm. And for, I'll give you an example, Facebook, they own your data. 
Unless yeah. you download that data, export it, pull it into a dashboard or put it into a separate database. When they change things, and this happened with Cambridge Analytica back in the day, when they had all these, these field names that we could download, and then that happened and they just cut it in half and then kept taking things away. People don't like being advertised to. So now things are getting more and more sparse. It's getting harder to track data and figure out where people are coming from. Now that it used to be the wild, wild west, and now it's uh, you know starting to get get uh, monetized and things are getting put into a box. Um, the sooner you start taking your data out of the Instagrams, out of the Facebooks, out of the Shopify's and downloading it into your own separate um, uh, container or database. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's such good. That's such a good point. You're good. Um, I know he's got some, uh, some lawn work happening, but AJ, you're good to rock, bro. I barely hear it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Um, just right there. He'll be gone in a second. So, so that's, that's what it's just so important for you to own your own data. And that can be, even if you put it into a huge spreadsheet, but you've got it all, like that's one baby step you can do to make sure that you're owning your data so that when you like in the future, let's say you want to go backwards and, and uh, things like Instagram, don't go back more than X amount of days. If you're just pulling from their API, so you got to really extract everything mm. and you need a data team or data person, somebody who knows what they're doing to do these actions so that, so that, you know, if you're putting your time, energy and money, your blood, sweat and tears, maybe your life savings into a business, you better have the data to help you make better decisions so that this can actually turn into something that gives you more what? happiness, time, freedom, energy, yeah. freedom, and money, freedom, which is what we're, why we're actually doing this for the first place. I, I think. Yeah, of course, man. That was such an amazing uh, monologue there on, on data. I hope everyone rewinds and goes back and <laughs> listens to it because that is like business in a nutshell, making better decisions based on actual metrics. That's really what's going to take you to the next level. And here's the truth too most of your competition isn't doing this. So this gives you that edge. This gives you that ability to make better decisions and pivot and iterate based on actual facts. So now the question, me, AJ, me, is... Oh, go ahead. Before, let, me, let me just say one thing. Yeah. Knowing your numbers and taking action on your data is the next competitive advantage. Meaning, mm. if you don't, your competitor will. And if your yeah. competitor does... They are going to beat you every single time because they know their numbers. Even if they just know a couple numbers better than you and they know what their benchmarks are in that market and in their space, it's going to be, you better have a brilliant marketing plan to kind of outperform that. Um, and it's, and it, even those work. So, so a lot of companies will come to us, maybe they hit five, 10, 15 million and they're like hitting this ceiling. They're like, Hey, ads aren't working anymore. We're not understanding what's going on. Why, why don't we, why can't we see past this? And we, we think we know our lifetime value, but we don't know our true lifetime value more than 30 or 60 days out. We need to know 90, 120, like what's going on. And at the same time, everybody's focused on the marketing again. Like I said, like return on ad spend and their advertising and their in, uh, influencer campaigns. And they're looking at kind of like the marketing return on ad spend. That next step is making sure that you're, your QuickBooks or your Zero or whatever you're using for your finances is up to date on a weekly basis, even a daily basis would be nice. But if you know your numbers on the back end, your true P&L, your actual numbers at the end of the day, your daily profit and loss, then you can actually see, are you making money or are you? do you have the illusion of making money 
And then when your, 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 your accountant comes back and says, you're, you're breaking even or you're losing money down the road, you're not like, oh, crap. You can actually start projecting out, making sure that you're making profit on every single order, every single you know, campaign and cutting the stuff that doesn't work. So mm-hmm. I wanted to add that in because it's super important, not to just focus on the marketing, but also knowing your finance numbers earlier so that you can put those numbers together and make sure that you're actually like going this way. Yeah, such a great point. Now, I'm sure a lot of the happy hustlers are like, okay, AJ, I really understand. I need data and I need it to be clear and I want it to be happy data in, happy data out, very clean numbers. What is like the first step for someone? You mentioned Google Analytics and setting it up properly. Like, let's say someone is really not tracking their data effectively right now. Maybe they downloaded Google Analytics, but they're not really looking at it. Like, what do you recommend for really getting those clean numbers in? Great, great. Outside of like the consulting that my company can do to help people, like it's a data roadmap intensive. It's like we help people who don't know what they don't know, kind of like think about what to go do and walk them through steps. Outside of that, or it's outside of going to another agency or anything, it's first sitting down and looking at, listing out uh, in a flowchart table or, or, or um, just a spreadsheet, like what are the different sources of data that I have? Very simple. Mm. Meaning, okay, Infusionsoft is one, Shopify is one, uh, My3PL is one. Like just be like, okay, let's make a list of where all of our data can come from, sources of data. Once you have that listed, then it's okay, based on each department, and you can use simple like marketing, finance, operations, and you can just go with those three, even if you want to, or inventory, if you need to, like whatever the other ones, just go with like four or five categories and then say, what are the five most important metrics? And you can search these on the web. There's on, on our website, there's a bunch of blogs um, that teach you like the top five metrics for these different um, categories and like identify those metrics and say, great, do I know these numbers and can, do I trust the data? If it's a mm. no, if it's anything but it, an accurate yes, then you're like, okay, then we need to go reverse engineer and make sure that that data source, that tracking application is tracking things accurately. So, okay, then we need to go, if it's Google Analytics, go on Fiverr, go on our site, go look for other people that can set up Google Analytics for correctly for an e-commerce shop or specifically for yours, right? You do that. Uh, then, then it's going to Shopify. Hey, do we need to have somebody walk us through Shopify? Is everything set up properly? You just kind of go one by one to make sure that all the data you can collect is available. So mm. it's kind of like doing an audit of your technologies, your data set, data sources, and then going in and looking at like, what are we actually, what's the output we're looking for? Where are we headed based on our yeah. goals? If we know these, these questions, if we know these numbers, then we can figure out to spend more with affiliates or we can spend more with, you know, paid ads, Facebook advertising, or maybe we need to do something else because this stuff ain't working. So mm. it's that kind of logical step-by-step process that just from me explaining it this way, that's how I would do it. That's where I would start with the tracking stuff. Yeah. Oh, that was so well said and, and simplified, really. I just want to echo the points that really hit home for me. Really get clear, clarity on your different sources of data, first and foremost. Break it down into those those different key components, the marketing, the finance, the ops, the inventory, determine what are those five most important metrics, you know, in each of those different areas, like those KPIs, you mentioned like the lifetime value of a customer. That is something where 
that that alone, that number alone could just drastically change how you operate your business. Because if you know the the average, you know, LTV of your customer is three hundred dollars, well, you could afford to spend more to acquire a customer knowing that number, right? So it's just really important to have that nailed down. And then you have to get, you know, someone who can set up Google Analytics and double check all that your numbers are 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 trustworthy, you know, that you can actually look yeah. at the data and and really trust it. So, I mean, this was really helpful for me and I hope the happy hustlers are taking it to heart and, you know, really like taking their data seriously because this is the difference between success and failure oftentimes. And I know you work with clients that are minimum 10 million and above in annual revenue. Uh, but what is like the website that you, you reference where people can go to learn more about some of your guys' stuff? And I know you have a lot of cool blogs and stuff. We'll link them up in the show notes. But why don't you just give that link now, too, before we pivot from data topics into the other cool yeah. stuff you're up to? Yeah, super easy. And I'll, I'll spell it out. It's uh, praxismetrics.com. P-R-A-X-I-S. Metrics, M-E-T-R-I-C-S.com. You can go to resources. You'll see that there's an information blog up there. Go check it out. I mean, we may or may not be exactly for you in the right size and fit, but we we have great resources on there. We've been on over a hundred and something podcasts. So you can see us on a bunch of really popular podcasts talking about data, going even more in depth. And we've got a couple mm. of different courses on there that I think a couple of them are free or like 97 bucks or two or 300 bucks on Google Analytics, how to set it up yourself if you're on lower budget. So we've got some cool stuff on there that if you're not quite at that five or 10 million mark, then here's some places to get started. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. Praxismetrics.com. We'll link it up as well, but highly recommend getting your data on point. Now, AJ, I do want to get into some of your high, per high performance coaching work. And I know you you really help people move out of their patterns of protection and into their patterns of connection, which I love. Um, specifically removing those those limited stories and, and blocks, you know, the negative programming from our past and, and helping people install those new successful behaviors so that they can achieve exactly what they want, right? What is um, the the first like assessment piece of identifying those self-limited beliefs that let's say a happy hustlers out there, they know they got some blocks. How, how would you go about like, and obviously I know you have a whole coaching practice, but give us some higher level, um, you know, ways that maybe we can self quantify what's really holding us back. Sure. No, I, I agree. I mean, we can, we can also kind of answer that by first going into like, what is the subconscious patterns? What's going on here? I think a lot of people are taught and there's a lot of wonderful coaches out there who life coaches, business coaches, whatever, who are very tactical, have strategies, have great experience and can help guide people to go do the right things, right? To say the right things and all that. And that's, I think that's wonderful and that's needed and that's beautiful. And if you're getting stuck and you're seeing loops happening, meaning Patterns are happening where you're not, you're hitting a, a wall of financially. Like I just can't seem to get over six figures a year, no matter how hard I try. Um, maybe it's relationships. You keep inviting the same people into your life. If you're simply getting results that are not in alignment with your conscious mind and what you're choosing, then that means you need to look at the unconscious mind. That means that there's something out of alignment there. Now, mm. let me do a quick, quick example. Two could do quick examples. Imagine this is the, the ocean, right? This is the ocean and there's an iceberg. 
icebergs mm. at the top part. At the top part, you see this huge thing, but what's actually going underneath is this massive, massive part of it. The, what you see above the water in Antarctica is a fraction of what's down below. The top yeah. part is your conscious mind. That's five to 10% of your capacity, of your abilities. Down below is 90% slash unlimited. Like wow. the power is in your unconscious and it is incredible. The other mm. thing is like the conscious mind is the conductor of the train. Your unconscious mind is the locomotive. That momentum. Mm. Do you know what, how much energy it takes to stop uh, a locomotive? Yeah. A lot. You don't just stop on the dime or turn on the dime. It takes planning. It's very, very powerful. You can't just stop a train, right? So yeah. that's the power of your unconscious mind. And it's also the, um, the decisions you make in your life are filtered through the unconscious mind. So the unconscious mind is also like doing our digestion, our heart rate. We don't have to think about these things. It's, it's got our behaviors, long-term memory, things like that. Whereas our conscious mind, they like to say like that's the, the goal setter. The unconscious mind is the goal getter. But if your conscious mind wants to go this way and your unconscious is like, nope, I'm keeping you safe. I want to keep you safe. We're not changing a thing. I don't like change. We're good. What happens is as we grow, we're born and we're, we're taking in information. We're taking in data from movies and TV to what mom and dad say, what other people say, traumas, big or small. All of these things are going into our unconscious mind, creating programs creating stories that we then start living out in our reality. Hmm. So just like a computer, we may have old operating systems going, old stories, old programming that don't serve our highest and greatest good anymore. Hmm. So we got to go upgrade our software. And yep. the way you do that, one of the great tools is hypnotherapy. That's what I've been doing for many, many years. I have several certifications in, and I love it. There's also other modalities and different variations of it, but it's essentially doing this. It's going into a different brainwave. And some people, if they hear hypnotherapy, they may think, ooh, stage hypnosis, Chris Angel, uh, somebody <laughs> holding a clock or, or whatever, like that kind of stuff. That is mm. not what I'm talking about. That is stage <laughs> hypnosis has a very specific entertainment, you know, modality, movies, stuff like that. It's, it's entertainment. That's not what I'm talking about. Here's, here's what it is, essentially. We've got these four different brain waves. We've got beta. You and I, Carrie, are just talking in beta right now. Like, we're conscious, we're, we're awake, we're focused, we're here. I had some coffee, so I'm definitely amped right now. So <laughs> we're in beta. Alpha is the next stage down. It's like, it's like daydreaming. It's like me looking out of the window. Like, I could be kind of talking to you and kind of be like this. And you can tell, like, I'm a little dazed, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's an alpha wave. Then we've got theta. This is where the magic happens. This is where hypnotherapists, if they're really good at what they're doing, they're able to induce you into a state where this is bypassing the critical factor of your conscious mind and opening up into a world of amazing creative possibilities and potential. Mm. Below theta is delta. That's when you're asleep. That's when you're unconscious. You can have dreams in there. And sometimes people go between delta and theta a lot when they're sleeping or rising. But these are these different levels of hypnosis of, of your states. And all of us are constantly in and out of hypnosis. So people mm. will say, oh, I can't be hypnotized. You're, you're already literally <laughs> always going through these brain waves, mm. whether you know it or not. So one example is, Carrie, have you ever, I don't know, been super tired getting out of the gym, right? And you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go by and do this. And I can't wait to get home. I'm just like exhausted. You get in the car and somehow you're home, you get out, you're like, wow, I don't even remember driving. 
Like I don't even remember. You might even have a whole conversation with somebody, but you were automatically doing it. Your unconscious mm -hmm. mind is there to protect you and your automat automatic nervous system knows how to do these things. Now you've been driving for years. You were hypnotized. You were in a state of consciousness of which is lower than your normal, you know, conscious, conscious level. So, mm. so hopefully that kind of, does that make sense when I'm talking about the different levels? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I love that you broke it down and for all the happy hustlers. I mean, really getting to that theta is where the magic and reprogramming happens, but knowing when you are in beta, when you're in alpha, which just to recap, beta is more, you know, AJ and I talking right now, you listening right now. And if you're just daydreaming, maybe you're an alpha, right? <laughs> um, where you're not fully present, you're thinking about something else. Theta is, is that that amazing unconscious mind of possibilities, but you're still awake, right? And you're able to, um, you know, to reformulate and to reprocess and, and program as well. And then Delta is that sleeping, you know, state where you're unconscious and, you know, maybe you are having a dream, but you're not, it's not conscious. Is that a, a good a synopsis of that? Yeah. Great. Perfect. Yeah. So, so now the question is, okay, if we know the magic of reprogramming our, our self-limiting beliefs happen in data, how do we get to that? that state? Is it through hypnotherapy from AJ or is there a way that we can kind of, you know, journal and get there or like subconsciously, you know, go through a process? Is there, is there a mind hack AJ that, that we can do? <laughs> Great question. I'd love to say, yes, it's just me. That's what you have to do is come to me. But obviously <laughs> that's, that's not true. There's a lot of really talented people out there and you know, I look at, I love Tony Robbins, what he does. And, and he mm -hmm. does, he's been doing a form of NLP for many years that he calls neuroassociative conditioning. Some of that, some of those techniques that he does allows him to help people go into the programs that are running and, and change those. And like there, there's specific swish patterns. There's a lot of tactics that are around to help you do that kind of work. There's, um, you know, I, I work with a team. I take on one-on-one -on -one clients. I have group coaching that I do every single month that I'm actually opening up to the public ne uh, next month in September, where awesome. we're going to have multiple people can come on. I've been doing this for a while, kind of under underground and I'm like, people love it. So I'm like, I want to do group, group stuff. So you can do group hypnosis. You can do one-on-one -on -one, and the one-on-one -on -one is where it's private. It's, it's where, it's where it's more intimate and we're able to get into each person's unique self, their background. I'm just like, they're holding up a lantern, helping people navigate the depths of their unconscious mind so that they're not by themselves. I think a lot of people can turn on, you know, you can go download like cool apps on your phone, right? And, and do meditation. Hypnosis mm. is like meditation with a goal. It's for a specific result. This mm. is about getting results. I'm here to help my clients change their unconscious programs and get to those goals or stop doing certain things. Yeah. Um, and and so, m many times people are like, look, I know what to go do, but when I do it for some reason, I just can't do what I, I know I need to do. They self-sabotage, they have imposter mm. syndrome, so many lists of things that happen instead of them doing the thing that they know they should go do, which is so simple. And that's why they get frustrated. Mm. That's what hypnosis can help do is start getting people out of their own way. Entrepreneurs, imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, procrastination, anxiety, fear yep. of success, fear of failure, like go down the list of things that yeah. can or, or, or could be there that, that once you start 
getting them out of the way and figure out a process to, to, to remove them and heal them so that you're showing up as your authentic self. That's the big work that you can do on one-on-one. Hmm. And, and just to kind of finish that thought, there's a bunch of other apps that are actually hypnotherapy apps, which will get, help you get to that state. And so just like anything, the more you practice, the better you get. Some people are just so um, in their brain. They're like, oh, I can't shut my brain off. Meditation doesn't work. The hypnotherapy apps don't work. It's because they really haven't tried. And I think that's when you need to work with somebody particularly. And it's called an induction. It's taking them from whatever their state they're in, getting into such a relaxed, safe, vulnerable state where they are in trust. And they're in, and it depends on the hypnotherapist. It depends on what they're doing. So that they yeah. get down and they continue tra- um, practicing this. I give my clients practice work to help themselves get to theta and be there as much as possible for problem solving and for the kind of stuff we're working on. So it's really important to just literally the more time that you happy hustlers spend in your unconscious mind in that theta, the better your life is going to start turning out instead of staying Mm. up above the water, you're accessing more of your brain and your capacity. I think that's just the more time you spend there, the better. So I, I do daily practice, multiple practice. I'm, I'm there all the day, five or six hours a day, sometimes with my clients in theta. So not only helping my clients, I'm helping me at the same time. It's pretty cool. Well, that was super interesting explanation, AJ. I'm, I'm curious, like when I go through like my I am mantras and my and I'm praying to God and, and a higher power and, you know, going through that very intentional time, it, would that technically be theta or is that something else? Would that be more alpha? That'd be more alpha. Um, it really, it really depends, right? There's, there are some technologies now where you can kind of put it on your head and, and measure your brain waves to actually know, but most likely no. A, a lot of affirmations are on the conscious level, mm-hmm. unless you do what I call, I call them SAMs, self-aligning meditation. I give my clients either a recording that's specific to them, or I give them kind of a script to follow. And then you do this for five minutes a day. And what we want to do is take your same I am affirmations, your, 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 whatever you mantras, you call them. And we want to make them short, sexy. Like when you say it out loud, it just, you're like, Oh, this is it. This is what I want in my life. This is really what I need. Like you got to form it in a way when you read it, it is exciting. It is positive only in the positive. No, do not, but like always like forward thinking. And when you go into the unconscious and close your eyes and start to go down and you count down and really drop from here, I like to say taking the elevator from the conscious mind down to the heart right here in like Mm. this unconscious area. So Mm -hmm. literally feeling yourself five, four, you know, I'm going deeper and deeper. There's a certain script getting, getting used to like no phone, no distraction. You're in that centered place. And then you repeat that affirmation silently or out loud um, 21 times in an mm. unconscious level, at that theta level, um, 21 times. Sometimes people like longer ones and it takes a little bit, but like that yeah. repetition at the unconscious level two to three times a day is like a hockey stick growth. The clients wow. that I've seen, my, my data on the, on the emotion coaching and the, the performance coaching is when my clients who do two to three times a day, this five minute exercise in between their day for 21 days straight, they come back to me and let's say we're working on procrastination and or anxiety. They're like, AJ, we're done. That is like, I'm, I'm crushing all the things I need to be crushing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not showing up scared. I'm like, I feel so good. So when I mix my one-on-ones with them, plus the 
the little action step, the sand, the self-landing meditation, it's like a great combination. It's like pouring gasoline on a fire kind of thing. Like that's, that's where the difference will be. Then you just getting up in front of the mirror and saying it consciously to sitting down, laying down, really dropping in and doing this kind of script that I've kind of put together that allows you to say them at a deeper level. They're just going to register there because that's your 90%, right? That's the, the deeper part. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, the SAM, the self-aligning meditations, I mean, saying them 21 times, two to three times a day, that five-minute exercise, that is some powerful stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people out there, the happy hustlers specifically, are like, I need to, I need to work with AJ. I need to at least explore the opportunity and, you know, see like how, how much better I can make my life by looking at that 90% below the surface and starting to address that unconscious mind. Where do people go to apply to work with you? I mean, are, are you taking clients? What's the process? Uh, I am. When it comes to one-on-one clients, I'm very selective because I think it has to be a really good match, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show up 50% and give my all. I want my clients to show up 50% and give their all. Um, I work with from artists to race car drivers to high performers um, to I've got, I've got a mom that has like a side business. I've got different age levels. So I'm really, I don't have to be an expert in all these different things, but I am an expert in the, you know, changing the unconscious mind. So I'm able to work with a variety of different types of people. And I like to work with people that are going to commit and like go on this journey uh, with yeah. me. So, um, so yeah, I work one-on-one -on -one with people. I do have some room in my calendar right now. Um, but I also have these group coaching things, like I said, I'm launching where if it's not a fit financially, or if it's not a fit yet, then they can come on these, these, uh, group coaching calls that I do twice a month. And it's just me on there. It's a super low cost. It's just like a lot more people. And we're able to mm. go do like, okay, this month, maybe for Valentine's day, it's, it's like relationships, right. And showing up as your authentic self or whatever it may be. But then I also do something called a healthy emotional detox or a healing mm. emotional detox every week especially as entrepreneurs, we've got stuff, right? We've got stuff that comes up. We've got stresses with employees. We've got, you know, bank things. We've got merchant account stuff. Like, let's be real. We are just, there's, there's emotion, there's stuff coming up all the time. And mm. because we want to be productive, because we're taught that you just crush it and you batch things and you got to do these. When that emotion pops up, you probably like, oh, that does not feel good, but I'm going to deal with that later. Well, that emotion that just came up is most likely a gift, whether it's sadness or anger or happiness or joy, that is there to be a message for you to help you with whatever is coming up in real time. So this mm. is part of being your authentic self. This is what I teach people to learn how to work with your emotions and to learn what they mean instead of suppressing them. So that's that's just one aspect um, of, of what's going on behind the scenes. We've got to clear these things out from the last few days, last few weeks, last few months, your whole life, there's things that get stuck. So we unstuck them <laughs> once a month. <laughs> I do one of those, a healthy emotional detox, which is really cool. So there's kind of two ways to work with me in the future. Uh, actually, next year, I'm preparing to create some men's and women's events, um, Viking style. This is what you mentioned earlier, like got a really it. cool concept of what we're going to be doing, um, bringing the old Viking lore lessons and going to Norway and doing some fun stuff great work going in and working on these relationships with, with great people, great coaches and great curation. Um, so it's like individual coaching, group coaching and some events in the future. That's how I work with people. That's so cool. And the best place for people to apply 
at, in any capacity would be ajjaeger.com forward slash happy. And that yeah. is, you know, really something I would, I would recommend all the happy hustlers, even just reach out, explore the conversation and, and at whatever level, even if you just join at the group level, you get value. You hear AJ, he knows this topic inside and out. He's been doing it for years and years. He helps people from all different types of, you know, spectrums and walks of life. And really at, at the core level, you know, we're all in need of some, some unconscious reprogramming, <laughs> you know, as humans, we all have baggage. Oh, yeah. We all have trauma. We all have self-limiting beliefs. It's just identifying yours and then working through it intentionally. And AJ can help you do just that. And I'm really looking forward to going deeper with AJ. I know we, we got some sessions coming up and we've done some work in the past and it's, it's, you know, even my brother worked with AJ and he was like, that was one of the most powerful sessions I've ever had in my life. Like, and, and it, he didn't, you know, this isn't like a paid testimonial here, guys. This is the real truth. He, AJ knows his stuff and he can really, you know, change your life with it. So take action on that. AJJaeger.com forward slash happy. And I do want to just kind of talk about briefly just healthy masculinity and relationships because, you know, as entrepreneurs, as happy hustlers, there is, you know, there's something to be said about being a hard charging, high performer and having, you know, that alpha drive. But there's also which can be for women, too. Right. Like we're both feminine and masculine as both men and women. So how do you navigate those waters when it comes to healthy masculinity and relationships? Oh, man, that's such a good question. I, I love talking about this. <laughs> Um, just a, f a few things like today, I believe that, you know, men, let's, let's just start with men. Men are not taught. We're not taught in school. We're not necessarily taught on a main scale level, mass scale level, what emotions are and why they come up and why they're important. People like to label women as, oh, they're the emotional ones and men aren't. That is not true. We're all emotional beings. It's True. simply that putting that label on women can or are, are, are presupposed to show more emotion than men because men, well, we keep it inside. We're tough. We're, we're, you know, look at all the role models throughout the, the, the hundred years that we've been around, like all the movies, you know, men are tough. They're strong. They're big. They, they don't show that kind of stuff. There's just been so many examples that are untrue and unhealthy that it's helped. It's kind of caused men to be emotionally malnutrient, like malnutrition. Mm. <laughs> What's the word I'm saying? Malnutrient, <laughs> uh, you know, like with their emotions, they're malnutritioned, right? They, they, yeah. they, they have emotions, but they keep pushing them down. Or when they come yeah. out, they don't really want to be vulnerable and show that they're going to cry because, because yeah. real men don't cry, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff that's out there. That's what we're battling. So, and, and many women these days, and I props to the women doing the work, like many women are showing up into relationships in my view, in my opinion, in my experience, having done a lot of the work and like, they're not showing up so broken anymore. They're showing up in a beautiful way, looking for a healthy man to meet them in the middle. Yeah. And, and in, in my experience, again, I'm not saying everyone, everything I'm saying that there, I'm seeing men you know, who may have made money, they're, they're successful at a career or they're successful doing these aspects, but they're like, AJ, I, 
I know how to get women. I have no idea how to keep women. Or the ones like, I don't even know how to get a woman, but I know that if I got one, I'd be able to keep one. Like they, and like a lot of these guys who have the tough side and have the Ferrari and have all this stuff, it, deep down, they really want a partnership. They want to know how to connect with the other sex or whoever they're interested in and have that loving, authentic relationship. So I think what we're looking at is, is the duality between the masculine and feminine and how that comes together, how we both have to, masculine and feminine, get to play with that balance. We are all both of that at different times. Things show up. For example, my, my, my wife and I, my business partner, my adventure partner, Megan, she was for a while heavy in her masculine. Many women mm. are heavy with that masculine mask because it is their safety. It is their container. It helps them feel safer if they're in control of the finances, if they're in control of things, that way they aren't going to get hurt. They're not dependent on a man for that. Yeah. And there's a lot of other reasons from their past they don't need to get into that could make them have to be in their masculine. So if Megan's heavy in her masculine and we're a business partner and I'm a man and I want to be in my masculine, I'm not going to be in my masculine a lot. I have to, and I've always been really good at flowing and ebbing and flowing into my feminine. It's just one of the natural things I was just good at. It's kind of why I do this work is like, I've navigated that since I was, so I was really, really young since I was born. Mm -hmm. And so when the, when I said like, Hey, it works till it didn't, when we were working together and we still are working mm -hmm. together, we had to move through this. I had to show up as a masculine in a way that helped balance out her feminine. And she, as the feminine, had to do her work to help her step more into her divine feminine so that we could mm. then have this balance and back and forth. Yeah. And I think that's what we're working towards. Healthy masculinity means a lot of different things. And there's a lot of definitions we can put on the table. But that's how I'm breaking it down right now. Does that make sense? Does that help? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you said one of my favorite words, which is balance. You know, And that's really... The whole basis of the happy hustle is achieving blissful balance, both personally and professionally. And I think you need to achieve that blissful balance with your masculine and your feminine energy. And I know for me, I lean heavy into my masculine, just how I was raised by a very, you know, strong male figure. I also, I, I love the duality between the peaceful warrior. It was a book that really resonated with me. I got it, you know, tattooed on my arms that I really took it to heart. <laughs> I, there, I was a lot of a warrior, like for many, many years. And now I'm, I'm really leaning in more to my peaceful side of how I can, you know, really serve and, and, and help others and just achieve peace. And I think anyone out there listening, you have to realize that you are both masculine and feminine energy. And there's a time for both, right? There is a time for both. And you need to be intentional again, going back to intention, just making sure that when you are masculine, that you, you know, it is the right time in your business or maybe with your relationship, maybe you need to be more nurturing and feminine. So I love that we went there. Now I, I do want to talk briefly and I know it's a, a heavy subject, but I, I want to talk about it because, you know, you recently lost your father and I know you guys were very close and, and it's, it's a part of life is death. Right. And I've lost people close to me. Thankfully, both my, my parents are, are still living, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this time in your life and, and maybe the, the wisdom that you can extract because you definitely seem different. You seem changed in a better way than, than before, which you were phenomenal before, but now it's like, you just seem at a different consciousness. 
And I'm curious, what has the passing of your father taught you? Well, great question. And, and thank you for, for bringing it up. It's like, it's very, still very close to my heart. This is like four and a half weeks ago, maybe, maybe five weeks that I lost him. Um, mm-hmm. not lost him. I, I, he passed and I'm, I'm being mm-hmm. really cautious with the language that I use. Yes. Um, good. my dad was battering, battling, uh, cancer, uh, you know, and we were really helping to work every single angle we could Western medicine, Eastern medicine, knowing what I know about the body and stuck energy and stuck emotions have my dad had gone through Vietnam. Like there's a lot of things I knew that I wanted to express to my dad who is 77 dad, if you could let go of some of this stuff and cry and, and get it out, you'd be able to heal yourself. And it's so hard to explain to somebody when they don't really know. And they're so disassociated from mm-hmm. their feelings and their emotions. Cause they push it aside that, that whole baby boomer group were not taught and did not have the resources we have these days to cleanse ourselves. Um, those who have like, man, kudos, but my dad, it was too late for my dad. And I don't need to get into the details of that. Um, but it's, it's been quite a, quite a beautiful journey. Like Death, I've lost other people. I've lost dogs. I've left, lost uh, close relatives, friends, things like that. And I've always learned that, you know, you never truly learn how to live until you learn how to die. It's actually a quote from one of my favorite books, Tuesdays with Maury. It's a fantastic book. If you want to learn mm. about death, if you want to learn about life, well, well written, Tuesdays with Maury, fantastic book. But until my dad passed, th- this was the biggest moment of my life. And hard to, I'm going to go a little woo woo here because I'm, but I'm sharing my experience. Please. I knew leading up to the day that my dad was going to pass that something big was coming. It was just this knowingness. Now I have a, I have what's called like, I know my abilities. My, one of my special powers is like, um, clear cognizance. I just know things. I don't know how, I don't know why I just have a knowing literally it can just feel it in every essence of my body. I just know things. Some people see things and hear things. And this is like just how you download data from the universe and all the points, but it's been getting better, but like, it's just been getting more and more powerful as my dad's health diminished. Now, I also had the beautiful gift of everything was on the table with my dad. My dad and I were complete, like didn't have any remaining conversations to have no, you know, resentment, none of that stuff. And so I went about it in a very healthy way. I spent as much time as I could with my dad. And, um, part of the journey here was like, I actually got a book called, I I forgot the exact title. I can give it to you for later, but it was like, basically father, tell me everything. And it's a blank book with questions. And so I turn on the recorder. I sat with my dad and I asked him questions about his life and interviewed him to just learn more about him and create that beautiful relationship. If, if I don't have him here, I want to be able to share with my kids and grandkids and other people of his messages and yeah. who he was. So, so just taking the time to like be there with him, get to know him even more and spend time with him was really beautiful. But just this knowing that something was going to change. And, and on the day he passed, it was beautiful. We were there in the room. He chose on his own passing. It was calm and peaceful and, and beautiful. This death and rebirth thing was like, as hard as it is to have the grief and let it flow, it's also like beautiful to be there and witness. So yeah. I had this, I've had this duality of grief, active grief and active gratitude. I think there's the two most important things, two really important things in life is active grief and active gratitude, allowing self yourself to move through the stages of grief. And you can look that up 
Um, and also being actively thankful and grateful for every single moment, every single conversation, every cry, every scream, every punching the wall, every emotion that's coming up. Mm. And so as I did that, the next few days, I felt like something unlock inside of me, something like I'm already a lover and a joyful being. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, yes, I'm you are like wildly powerful right now. And it just kept stacking and stacking more things in my life kept manifesting and things with my mom, it's like, my dad was here behind me. I always felt him to the right side of me. Like, I'm just like, wow, I know my dad is past physically and I miss him, but I have this duality of, I feel dad. I can talk to him. I'm like, I know he's having a great time up in the, you know, being one with everything with God, with the universe, whatever you want to call it. I just had this knowing that he's like, oh yeah, this is why I came to this life. And now he can do all these things. I'm like, dad's working in the background doing that. And so I, I, it's been fun. It's been this, this duality of like, I'll cry my ass off when I walk downstairs. I have his glasses, his, his reading or his regular glasses that he passed away in. Megan and I mm. grabbed them and we wanted to keep them. And they're down on the Buddha head looking into our <laughs> meditation room. And I go in oh, the morning so cool. and I, I talk to dad. I'll bring him out with me and go do breath work on the lawn. Like <laughs> it's, it's so cool because I have this brand new relationship spiritually, energetically with my dad that I didn't have before. And I'll occasionally mm. still cry and still miss the physical to him because there was stuff I still wanted to do. 77 yeah. was young to me. I, I thought he had at least 10 years. So yeah. that's kind of been my story. That's what I wanted to share with you yeah. is that life and rebirth, right? It's, it's, or death and rebirth. It's like, it's beautiful and hard. As long as you practice that act of grief and that act of gratitude while you're going yeah. through it it can speed things up and it can be a, just a beautiful, a beautiful way to live. Mm, wow, man. So beautiful. I mean, got me a little emotional over here just thinking mm. about it with my own father. And, you know, I have interviewed my dad before. I'm going to do it more because he's about that age. And, you know, I hope he has plenty more life left, but it's just something that like one thing that just, you know, comes for me now is like, all you out there listening, all the happy hustlers out there, just don't take for granted every moment yeah. because you'd never know when it is your last, like love a little deeper today. You lean into your, your significant other a little more, call your mom or your dad or your sister, or your brother or your friends and, and really tell them how you feel because it's just, it's part of life, the passing. However, while you're here, I think it just is a really good reminder to be present and be grateful. I'm practicing that act of gratitude. So I love that, AJ. Now I do want to pivot. Say I love you more. <laughs> yeah. Say, say, yeah. Say I love you more. Like, and one thing I want to tell people, like one of my hacks for, for people ask, like, how do you have such great relationships with like everyone, like the people you know? <laughs> and one yeah. of my things is this, and then this is like, this has been so cool to do. No matter what I'm doing, when I'm getting a download of a person that pops in my head, either as a image, a feeling, a thought, whatever that is, in that moment, if I'm not on a podcast or doing something actively, I reach out to that person because that's mm. the universe. That's the universe bringing that into, that's your, your antenna saying, oh, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So when you be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I thought about you the other day and you didn't reach out. no think about them. And then like, if you can't do it right then and there, put it in your calendar or put it as your task list, be like, reach out to Joseph. Like, because yeah. what it does is starts to create that way that you download data from the universe. 
And it also helps you connection that maybe it's the answer to a problem you're trying to solve in your business or something for your mom or something like that. So be weary of these downloads and like send that love with it. Like oh. maybe it's just, Hey, I love you. By the way, I haven't thought about you for a while. Just, yeah. just you came into my head and then it's like, they'll go, that is amazing. Cause I was literally just talking about you and blah, 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 blah. I've got a great lead for you for the business. Like that kind of stuff happens when you trust yourself and your intuition and you just reach out. So just a little, uh -uh. little hack. I love it, man. That's powerful stuff right there. And I, I, I really believe in sending gratitude texts daily. So that's right in line. Now, I do want to put you through the traditional rapid fire uh, round and the happy hustle hack questions. And then we'll wrap this interview up. Okay. First is just, you know, I like to ask questions on a tip, a tool, a tactic, something quick that you can share in regards to a couple of different disciplines. First being health. I know you're big into health and in performance. Do you have something unique that you do that you can share with the happy hustlers? I do. Yeah. So, I mean, ice baths, <laughs> ice baths yeah. are so good for inflammation. If you're working out, if you're being healthy and you want to learn how to, um, recover faster, but also like work on your breath work, I, breath work and ice bath are something I almost do daily. And it's yeah. phenomenal. I, I agree. just love ice baths. I also like being colder and I'm a little Viking in me. Like, <laughs> so I like it, but it's, yeah. it's something that if you get it into your routine, it can, it can change things It's better than coffee. Amen. I did an ice bath this morning. So I'm all about it. Let's talk about money. Do you have a happy hustle hack for money? Something, maybe a tip, a tool, a tactic around saving or investing or spending that you can share with the happy hustlers? Yep. yep. Every single day, spend a little bit of time, whether you made money that day or not having, like I have multiple bank accounts. So it's like taxes, fun, investments, you know, checking account, like having the different levels of bank accounts. And I, I love Mike, Mike Dillard's program, Richer Every Day. I've been through a bunch of different programs in the past to, to learn how do I learn money, but like spending time with your money every single day. So as you have money coming in, if it's a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, I don't care. You take the percentage that you've marked for, from tithing to investments, to all those things and say, okay, I'm going to move that over here and doing it manually teaches you to as that energy comes through, which is money, energy, money, same thing, mm -hmm. pushing it where you want it to go is being purposeful and strategic about it. And just the habit of doing that every day, not only gets you in that conscious and unconscious pattern of like putting money where it belongs and taking care, being in care of your money, instead of yeah. just letting it all be in the check account and just stuff being automatically debited. And then you're later like, oh crap, where's all my money? Being very conscious about that. I think that's really important. Um, profit first is another book to follow as yep. well, but like being very in care of and in love mm -hmm. with your money, not in like love money, like the root of all evil kind of stuff. I mean, like yeah. love money because it's energy. It's just like everything. Yeah. Oh, so well said. That's awesome. Now, what about spirituality? Do you have a happy hustle hack in regards to, you know, tapping into a higher power that maybe you can share with, with the happy hustlers out there? Silence. Be silent. Entrepreneurs, we are, <laughs> we are, we are notorious for putting that hour of meditation or half hour of meditation. I'm talking just not the guided meditation. I mean, just silence, be going out yeah. in nature, grounding yourself. So that is it. It's also going outside, being in the grass on a hike or whatever by yourself, no headphones, no technology, just like be in silence and be in quiet Ooh. and breathe 
is one of the best ways to tap into your counsel, tap into your guides, tap into your, your authenticness. And that's where like the real good stuff comes up. That's where the unconscious mind can, you know, getting yourself closer to theta is going to help you tap into your more spiritual powers. So I think that's being in silence and being quiet <laughs> on a daily basis. The more you do that, the more you're going to be able to, everything else gets easier or unnecessary. Oh, love that. Silence. Beautifully said. Now, AJ, I do want to put you through the rapid fire round and we'll wrap this interview up. This is where I ask you random things and you answer, honestly, first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Favorite food. Go. Uh, macaroni. <laughs> favorite movie. Oh, favorite movie. Um, favorite movie. Uh, Gladiator. That's what favorite book. Oh, favorite book right now. Favorite book. Uh, the, the way of this, um, the way of the spiritual superior man, spiritual man, superior, superior man. man. Yep. Awesome. Yep. What's your spirit animal? Ooh, I've been told, uh, a, uh, um, golden retriever. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I think I wish, wish it was a wolf. Cause I think, I think I have, I have the, the wolf, but like a lot of people have said golden retriever. So I'll just go with that. Oh, that's great. Three things you're most grateful for. <sighs> my amazing queen wife, Megan, uh, love her. She's my divine partner. Um, I am thankful for the friends and the relationships I've built in my life. I wouldn't be who I am today without them. I just love the people in my life, as friends, family, all that. And then last but not least, um, I'm I'm thankful for um I'm thankful for for my my stick to itiveness. I've I'm I'm thankful for make me being myself and allowing myself to listen to myself and do the hard work. So I'm thankful for like me listening to my authentic self. Mm. That's awesome. Best business advice. Best business advice. Hmm. Let's go with <laughs> make sure you've, you, I've, I'm actually, it's right here next to me. Steve jobs. Um, Steve jobs is like, your time is limited. Don't waste it. Living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma. Basically listening to your inner voice and doing what you freaking love businesses mm. that are transactional businesses that are like, Hey, I'm just doing it for money. That works for some people. Um, but I just say like, find what you are, what you are so passionate and excited about doing and, and, and ensure like it's, it's gotta be something that is bringing value to other people. Like be obsessed with adding value to other people's lives and you will never have a problem again in business. All the other stuff oh. you can hire out and do all that, add value to people's lives, help people awaken to themselves, help people and solve their problems. And, and that's really my best piece of advice. Like just have fun doing it. Don't forget oh, about fun. So love that. And if you had a billboard with the last piece of content you ever created on it, what would that billboard read for the world to see? That's such a good question. <laughs> love yourself and be you. Ooh, so well said. Crush that rapid fire round, AJ. And brother, Ooh. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you truly for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom, and your just deep soul and everything 
from your dad's passing and your bravery and courage to share that and the healthy masculinity and how to really step into your femininity and just the data conversations and everything we talked about today. I just appreciate you for, for serving the happy hustlers. And this has been such a powerful interview. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Dude. Thank you for, for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you everyone for listening. Like I I'm just, I'm blessed to be here and, and happy to happy to serve. So thank you for having me on brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, this was awesome. Where's give us some links one more time before I ask you the last question. Where's the best place for people to go and find out more about you? Yeah, uh, com slash happy. That way it's uh, it's based on this podcast and I'll, I'll, I'll have a lot of stuff there in my bio. You can learn more about me as a coach, more about Praxis. Um, so everything's it's kind of like a hub for everything. And then um, if people want to follow me on um, you know Instagram and LinkedIn, it's at AJYeager, A-J-Y-A-G-E-R. There we go. Now, final question, AJ, what does happy hustling mean to you? Happy hustling means to me, hmm, hustling, like it's a redefinition of hustle. It's not the tradition as like, and I love your word, happy hustle. It's, it's being, doing your happy hustle, like doing the hustle that honors you, meaning hustling, uh, you know, you know, 22 hours out of the day, that's a hustle that is going to be burnout. Happy hustle to me means do, being able to own your beginning of your day and the end of your day so that you have a good amount of sleep and rest and then you're honoring your self-care and you're honoring like doing the most important work and delegating or not even worrying about the rest of the stuff. It's mm. the happy hustle is also asking the focusing question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. That's Ooh. happy hustle. That's the one. Love it. Love it. Mic drop. AJ Yeager, y'all. Thanks for watching and Ooh. listening. <laughs> we are out. Peace and love. Real quick, guys. I just want to let you know that my book, The Happy Hustle, 10 Alignments to Avoid Burnout and Achieve Blissful Balance, is still available for free meaning you can actually get the hard copy of my book sent right to your door for basically free. All you got to do is just help out with shipping and handling, and we send it right to you. And you can get that at thehappyhustlebook.com. And inside this book, we share with you the soul mapping framework, the selfless service, optimized health, unplugged digitally, loving relationship, mindful spirituality, abundance financially, personal development, passionate hobbies, impactful work, and nature connection. All of these 10 different alignments are featured in this book and how you can happy hustle your dream reality. And I'm telling you, this is some of my best work. It's 150 power pack pages, and we are actually going to be doing a new book launch via Amazon, and we're going to up the price, so it's not going to be free for much longer. But if you want to get it, you can get it now at thehappyhustlebook.com. Check it out, guys. And once again, I so appreciate you. And I am grateful to be happy hustling on this journey together. Now get out there and happy hustle your dream reality full of that passion, that purpose, and that positive impact. Peace and love, y'all.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Peace.